episode of get a good start find us on facebook instagram and youtube at get a good start visit us on getagoodstart.com for the accompanying blog to this podcast which provides additional information about my guests links to the information we discuss and ways you can put into action what we talk about here on the show so you can get a good start hey folks welcome to another episode of get a good start this week's guest an alumni of endicott college in massachusetts a veteran of marketing, design, and communications for many, many years, a dear friend of mine who is currently the Director of Enterprise Marketing for the Copyright Clearance Center, located in Beverly, Massachusetts, my friend, Joanna Murphy-Scott. Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. Good morning. It's amazing to be connected with you, and I'm so glad to be on your podcast. Well, let's kick it right off like I always do and ask that famous question. What does getting a good start mean to you and how does it apply to your workday? I would say that getting a good start is easy for me because I love the morning. So I equate it with starting out your day. Um, I would also say that the pandemic has been challenging for getting a good start. And I am coming out of it and seeing the need to really tighten things up. I love to leave the office. Now I leave my basement office organized when I go for the day. I like to have my calendar printed out. I like to know what I'm, I have ahead of me. I like to have my agendas ready, my presentations ready. And when you come down in the morning and you turn that computer on and you get to work, you're ready to go. You've thought it through, you're calm, you can focus on the task at hand. Um, I have not in the past few days, I have to say, been employing that. There's a lot going on and really, I also think being able to have time to reflect a little in the morning, enjoy the cup of coffee, maybe take a walk, maybe listen to a podcast and, you know, kind of, kind of be ready and, and sort of centered to, to get to work and go enjoy what you do. Thinking about pre-pandemic, let's go back even further. Let's go back to the days of uh, your first job at Appleseeds, right? Uh, way back then, if you could go back, visit yourself, like if you had a time machine and give yourself a piece of advice, say, hey, Joanna, do this or don't forget to do this or don't do this or make sure you do this. What would that piece of advice be to yourself? I, think I would tell myself to uh, listen more. I was really an upstart when I was a kid. I went to state school without a direction for the subject I wanted to study. I didn't have a career aspiration. I left school and by luck, my mom's good advice, which was go get a job um, <laughs> at Appleseeds. And it was a family owned business. It was a local business. I met friends that I have to this day. I gained a mentor and it opened up my eyes to design as a possibility as a career. I stayed there for five years, and I would say if I look back at that time to my young self, because I traded formal education for going to work, I really felt like I had to prove myself. I always had that answer. I was, you know, always railing against, you know, the idea and standing up for what I, I believed in. And I went through a number of positions there until I was an art director and left for New York. But... 
I reflect on it and think my colleagues were so knowledgeable and experienced and had so much to share with me. I'd love to time travel back and sit with my mentor in her office and hear her 25 years of experience all over again and, and absorb it in a different way. Joanna, let's pretend that you're the most sought after keynote speaker in all the universities and all the lands. And they say, Joanna, you're going to go up and you're going to, you're going to talk to each student as they walk out the door, you're going to give them a piece of advice as they enter their new world outside of college. What mm -hmm. is that piece of advice you give those college students? That piece of advice, Scott, is definitely to keep learning. When you leave formal education, that education is not over, especially in today's world. I emphasize to any young person, keep your eyes and ears open. Gather as many experiences as you can, whether that is travel, whether that is reading or art, it's diverse voices, it's other cultures. All of that, especially in the business that you and I are in visual communications, will inform your perspective. It will bring you ideas and it will just widen the scope of your understanding of, of the world you're communicating with. You start off at a, at a smaller uh, company, Appleseeds, mm -hmm. family owned, and then you, you left to New York where, Met you. You, where you ran into me and we were up on the 42nd floor of this very enormous building in the middle of Times Square. What, in, in, in your experience through those, those time, what, what was the hardest lesson you had to learn about working in a corporate world? You know, I thought a lot about this when we, you know, said we were going to speak to one another. I think it was about change. I think I didn't expect how quickly things could change and how comfortable you could get and be shocked when it did change. And in, even in my time at Appleseeds, that changed with ownership, leadership, uh, colleagues left, teammates left. My mentor actually passed away younger than I am now. And, you know, you wanted to feel confident about what you were doing. And so, Sometimes you relied on what you did before to go forward when the opportunity in change, although it may be uncomfortable, uh, although you may have to take on new skills and build new relationships, is more filled with opportunity than, than one would think. Um, I'm in the middle of a rebrand right now at the organization I work for. A lot of what we cannot measure is the upside to the rebrand. We may be able to identify what concerns people may have about their perception of our brand, but we can't yet know how delighted they may be and then how much they're gonna learn when we represent ourselves uh, with a, a more clear message. And I think, you know, when thinking about change, yeah, it can really be uncomfortable, but boy, it can really be great. Joanna, in your experience in producing corporate events, what did you find was the most valuable skill you had or need to learn to be able to successfully put on a big corporate event? Well, I would first start by saying that any successful event is about the people. It's about providing an opportunity that they cannot get any other place. And that used to mean being in person and networking and being with colleagues or getting access to information you couldn't get. 
uh, now in the virtual event, you know, scene, it is the same. How do you create breakout space? How do you create networking? How do you do pre-event, post-event uh, connection? That's the sort of the baseline of it, right? What skill do you really need to bring? I find risk management and risk management planning. So you've got to take a hard look at the event you're putting on, and that is spreadsheets and timelines and agendas and so many moving pieces. And determine what you can create a safety net for, determine what uh, you, you know, can have a backup plan for, what you must let go because you have no control, and then assemble a team who can pivot when the crisis happens. I'll tell you a, a short story. We were doing an event up in Morningside Heights. We were at Columbia University, and we had a great team and a great agenda, and we were already in production, you know, the train was on the track. And I had a presenter that wasn't showing up. And I'm thinking, where is this guy? And, you know, you hope he's going to show up. Well, he wasn't showing up and I couldn't get him on the phone. I finally got him on the phone. He was asleep at his apartment in Brooklyn. And because I had a good team, the gentleman who was the facilitator for the panel that this guy was going to be on, he went into the audience he pulled a colleague that he knew from the industry, prepped the person in the hallway, replaced my other guy, switched the agenda, and that gave the gentleman time to jump on that subway without a shower from Brooklyn. And the panel went on, the presenter came in a little late, no one really noticed. And what it enabled us to do is get back to the important part of it was the customer experience. And I will tell you that anyone that attended that event went home and said, oh, I can't believe I got to met, meet this person, or it was so great to network with these colleagues I never see. No one said, did you notice that the agenda changed? And because we had a plan, and because we had a good team, and because we stayed calm and found a solution, risk management worked on our behalf. Joanna, one of the reasons this question of you is is so important to a lot of the students is because I found through interviewing some of the students that we, they all have to put on an event of some sort. Yeah. Whether it be just a clean presentation, whether it has to be a networking mixer that they have to do at college. Yes. At some point in your college career, whether it's volunteer or mm -hmm. it's a requirement, you're going to have to be the person who puts on the event. If you yes. want to succeed, you're going to have to step up. And in stepping up, you're going to have to take charge of a project like an event. No matter how big totally or small agree. it is, it's something very important to do. So, um, you know, that that was that came out of some of the feedback of some of my students at my last seminar. They asked about presentation skills. They asked sure. about they asked about uh, producing events and because we talk about we've talked about it a few times in a roundtable kind of discussion, yes. and and I was like, oh, this is so very timely. Joanna has that experience, so thank you for that. You're welcome. I, I'll say one thing about that. Um, you and I on a Zoom call today. We're producing an event this morning. Yep. We have participants. We have to deal with technology. We had to prepare agenda. We had to be ready. We had a warm up. You know, uh, and the, the best part of this will be that we're sharing information we care about. And for young people starting out, doesn't mean you have to have a 100 person, you know, 
networking meetup, it, you know, next time you have a Zoom call, think about all of the all of those different points. Joanna, you and I both lived through the digital transition, mm -hmm. right? When we first started or were starting in the industry of, of marketing and advertising, everything was, you know, paste up boards and yeah. exacto knives and getting Artie to paste up stuff for us in the paste up room. You know, thinking <laughs> about the skills that have translated from that time to now, what were some skills you might have had to acquire through that transition? Or what skills do you see lacking in the current generation? I'll, I'll say that the benefit of be, being a young designer right now is that you have so much at your fingertips. You have uh, visual influence. You have apps that help you get there faster. You have immediate access to historical, you know, advertising, marketing, you know, every, you can find anything, right? I find the danger in that is just that because the tool helps you design it, maybe, you know, using a template that didn't make you a designer. Step back and remember your foundations. You know, all of us went to different, different uh, schools or we had different design training. Foundation, whether you are sketching something on a napkin or designing it in an app template or using advanced professional software, it's still going to be about is the message getting communicated to the person who needs to hear it or the market that it's aimed at. And I think the danger with the younger generation is siloing because the skill of collaborating with other designers, the skill of listening to your client and what he or she needs and the back and forth of solutioning to what that, you know, outcome is going to be sometimes has gone away. And uh, especially now with work from home, a young designer may be working on a, on a project with no other input. No one's walking by behind them to say, oh, you're going to use that font? Or even uh, to me, I miss the printer at my office. I was joking about that this week to my to my team. And I said, I miss the printer. I still like to print stuff out and look at it and mark on it with, you know, my all my favorite flare pens and, and iterate to a point of it being good. And I think when you sometimes are in the digital realm or you're working in that silo, you don't have the opportunity to share that back and forth and consider other perspectives. Okay, so that being said, there's amazing young designers out there. And the access that a young person has to becoming a visual communicator starts when they pick up an iPhone at age eight, right? And an app that may helps them to edit video or make a flyer for their you know, campus event is, is moving them much farther along than we had when we were you know, using RubyLith and our Exacto blades. So there's a, there's a upside and a downside but always come back to the foundations. Good design is good design. When you are doing a rebrand, you have to communicate the pluses and the minuses of, you know, changing a brand. Look, the brand oh. messaging, uh, the colors, the feeling, how does the feeling of what you do translate in a visual form? What do you find is the most effective thing to communicate these visual things 
-hmm. that are tied emotionally to people who aren't visual? Gosh, that's a great question. And I will say I'm working with two agencies that have been getting us to this point and it's been so exciting. Uh, the difference of working with the agencies is that you're in a visual back and forth constantly. And then I come out of it and have to talk about it to exactly what you're saying, a maybe a, an employee base who you know doesn't have the language that I have. What has worked with my colleagues is to share the excitement and to meet them where they are. And I, I had a manager who always used the expression, whiff them, what's in it for me? And I think you have to bring that to folks to say, now I'm gonna show you how that presentation you used to use looks completely transformed. Now I'm gonna show you how that uh, website experience that you send your customer to every single day is easier and more dynamic and more content rich and more energized by the color palette. That helps folks to understand the impact of it, the meaning of it. They can still be handed a brand guidelines and just not know what to do with it. Um, but a little bit of handholding, a little bit of encouragement. And at the end of the day, I call this the self-esteem project because when we get this right, everyone in the organization and everyone associated with it feels more proud, more energized, and uh, more connected to a brand that we've defined and, and showcased. Yeah, Joanna, I asked that question because there are so many times that students in different disciplines mm -hmm. have to communicate maybe the love for or the passion of what they're doing yes. to someone else who is asking them to do their job and they're going to do yeah. it, but the, the other person needs to understand what they're doing, what it takes to get into it. And, and a lot of times you're talking, you know, I'm, I'm using the, the metaphor here, I guess. You, you got to talk to someone who has no visual sense, you know, right. they don't have the vocabulary, like you're saying, but you yeah. have to explain it to them in their terms that they do understand. So that translation can be very difficult. And I think yeah. your advice is, 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 is very well taken. I think our students that listen to the show can take away some great information from that, as well as all your answers and your feedback from your experience that you've given throughout the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. I look forward to publishing this this upcoming week and seeing all the exciting feedback. I look forward to continuing to keep in touch with you. Thank you so much, Joanna, for being on the show. You're welcome, Scott. I think this program is phenomenal. There's so much possibility for young people and to give them a, a bit of advice or a step up to helping them be successful in whichever area they choose to pursue, it, is, it makes it better for all of us, right? Thank you, absolutely. You're welcome, thanks day. so much. You too. Bye.